Good morning, and welcome to chapel. I'm glad that you're here. I know this is, uh, we're about to the midpoint in the semester, and midterms and maybe first exams are coming back, and a lot of stress is in your hearts and minds and in the room. According to Sean Aker from Monday's Chapel, one of the things that you can do to, to have a better experience academically is to be still a little bit. Find yourself uh, sort of taking yourself off your hands, and worship in some sense is about that. We worship in part because it's good for us, but mostly because we have this sense that we're made for this and that the one who knows us and who has created us and loves us and wants to heal and redeem us is here with us to do that very thing. Today is a part of worship. Randy Woodruff will be joining us. Randy is a staff member here at Baylor and probably influences and impacts you as much as anyone on campus and will do so every day that you're here because he is an assistant vice president sort of for everything technical and anything that has to do with the web stuff or the internet. He is a creative person and a deep reflective person of faith and he'll be sharing some of his story with us today as a part of worship. When we gather in moments like this, there's certain things that people of faith do that we're invited to by Scripture. We're invited to because we intuitively know we need it. We need to be grateful. And we know we need to be still and reverent. We need to experience some sense of awe in what is beyond us. We need to sometimes ask for what we need. One of the things that people of faith do also is they try to be real, try to get honest about the fact that we're limited and we're broken and we've sinned. And so we'll begin this chapel service with a time of confession. Maybe you're like me if you've ever read one of these things out loud together. There's some sense of in your mind thinking, well, that, that, that's not necessarily me, at least not today. Or I really don't need to confess that particular sin. I want you to know that when we do this, we don't just do it as individuals. We do it on behalf of the human family. Because it's the human family that is in need of forgiveness and healing. It's the human family that struggles with its brokenness and will do so again today. And it will make the headlines again today. And we'll all need the mercy of God. You'll need it wherever you go from this place in a moment. And it will be desperately needed in the world today. So we pray not just for ourselves, but for all those who are part of the human family. There will be a... A prayer up there, and you'll respond with, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy. So let us pray. Lord God, we bow before you in humble confession of the wrongs we have done. We've been slow to apologize and swift to condemn. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We have refused to make allowances for others while demanding others make allowances for us. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We have coveted things we do not need. We have spoken more than we have listened. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We've been slow to serve, but quick to complain. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We have sinned and fallen short of your glory we have sinned and are in need of your grace. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy.
Would you sing that confession with us this morning? to grab a hold of, something to stand for, a purpose. I've been chasing the wind, clinging to things you never planned for your beloved. If you are my way, be my truth, give me life, the life you destined. Cast away my fears, my worries, and my doubts. Lord, have mercy. easy to ignore you throughout my day. I get caught up staying busy with friends and homework, but I don't stop to pray and listen to your voice. God, I don't want other things to replace you in my life. I sometimes let other relationships flourish, but my relationship with you should be my number one priority. Forgive me for being complacent. Forgive me for ignoring you. Lord, have mercy.
Father God, Lord, I just pray every day that you shine your light through me and allow others to see you through my actions. I really try to be the person you want me and you created me to be, but am I really being that person? Am I really doing the best that I can? I need to stop trying to be the center of attention and make you the center of my attention. Lord, have mercy. Responsive reading of Psalm 46, 1 through 7. I will read the words in gray, and you guys could read the words in white. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. The nations are in uproar, the kingdoms totter. God utters the wo- a word and the and the earth melts. The Almighty is with us. God is Let's stand together this morning. We're gonna sing a hymn that many of you know.
Amen. You can have a seat. Well, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. It's hard to see you. I like to be able to hear you a little bit. 31 years ago, I sat in this same hall uh, attending what we called Forum at the time, and you know it as Chapel, and I sat right back over there. In fact, in between the, the sessions here today, I went out and sat in the closest I could find to my old seat and looked up here and tried to remember what that was like, and uh, frankly, uh, my memory cells are not that good. I don't remember exactly what it was like, but I do remember sitting in here. When I arrived at Baylor in the fall of 1978, there's a few things that I knew absolutely for certain. I knew I was going to be a medical doctor. I knew that I did not believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and I was convinced that I knew for sure who I was going to marry. And four years later, it turned out that none of those things had proved out. When I got here, I had read the Bible a little bit, not a lot. I was not raised in church. I had been to church a few times with some friends, and fundamentally, I had rejected it. I had read the stories, and they just didn't make any sense to me. It was illogical. It was irrational. I really liked the book of Matthew. I liked the Sermon on the Mount. I thought it was great literature. I thought it was an interesting story. I thought that there was great morality and great ethics in it. I liked the person of Jesus Christ. But when confronted with or asked about, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, came here and died for our sins, was raised again, and sits at the right hand of the Father? I didn't believe that at all. I didn't make any sense. Where was the proof? I was getting ready to be a doctor. I needed proof, right? I, was, I wanted logic to work. I wanted rationality to work. And I'd heard quite a bit of this. I heard it all through Welcome Week. I was hearing it from everybody on campus. And I, I frankly kind of got sick of it. I got sick of the whole Baptist thing. I got sick of the Christian thing and everybody trying to tell me what to believe and tell me where I ought to go or where I was going to go uh, or what I knew or what I didn't know. I was very sick of it. I'm living in Penland. Anybody here from Penland? All right, all right. Penland, second floor central here. I lived in 255. And this guy comes and he knocks on the door. His name is Guy Kendall. He knocks on the door and he says, we're going to have a Bible study right down the hall. Would you like to come? Now, he didn't say it like that. I'm just making fun of that. But that's kind of what I saw. You know, I, mean? I was sick of this stuff. And so I, he probably came down and just very nicely asked me. But what I heard was, do you want to go down the hall and have Bible study? And I, I suggested to him that I did not. Um, I suggested to him clearly and forcefully, no, or whatever words you might want to fill in there, I probably said them. I, I was not very friendly. Uh, I was a jerk. And Guy could have done a couple of things at that point. Uh, Guy could have just walked on and just gone and knocked on another door and ignored me. Or he could have told me, hey, you're a jerk. Why do you act like this? I just tried to ask you to do something nicely. You just have to say no nicely. Why do you do that? And then he could have walked on. Or it turned out, he said, well, why would you say that? And then he listened to what I had to say. And I told him, I said, 
I've read the book. I've been to church. I sung the songs. And it's all crazy. It doesn't make any sense. It's illogical. It's not true. And I'm not going to waste my time with it. And again, guy has a choice. At this point, guy can just say goodbye and walk on down the hall. Or he could say, gosh, you're wrong. And you're also not only wrong, but you're being a jerk about the way you're being wrong. And then walk down the hall. Or he could do what he chose to do, which is to say, well, gosh, I'm interested in why you believe that. Why do you think that? And he stayed there and he stayed engaged with me and he listened to what I had to say. And he respectfully disagreed with me. He told me what he believed and what he thought. And I told him some of what I believed and what I thought. And then he said, do you mind if I come back and visit with you some more? There was no talk of come to our Bible study down the hall. He just dropped all that. And he said, do you mind if I just come and visit with you from time to time? And I had kind of enjoyed the conversation after that. I said, sure, why don't you come on back? And so he came back a couple of times a week. He would come back and visit and, uh, and talk to me. And he talked to me about uh, some of the stuff in the Gospels. He talked to me about some of the stuff in Paul's letters. But mostly he just listened to what I had to say and was respectful about where I was and what I was thinking and what I was struggling with. And I was probably a jerk still in what I was saying. I was highly critical of his religion. I was very highly critical of his Bible. The Bible for me at that point had no authority. Right? I didn't believe in the people who said that the Bible had authority, so therefore the Bible itself didn't have authority. So every time he tried to quote that to me, it was like, whatever, I, it doesn't mean much to me. What meant something to me was that he was investing his time in me, that he was spending time with me and listening to me. And I remember very clearly on September the 13th of 1978, I'm actually in my room, it's during the day, and I'm reading uh, my biology textbook. Right? I'm, I'm going to be a doctor still at this point. I hadn't quit pre-med yet. I was only four weeks into it. So you know, I, I was surviving after a fashion. But I read in there that there was a passage that talked about the enormous universe that we live in and how many stars there are and how many likely planets there are. And it talked about how amazing the molecular structures were. And it talked about how amazing atomic structure was. And something about that really clicked with me that I got this sense of this amazing creation that had been created. And so then that evening, Guy shows up again. And we continue our fight. We continue our discussion. And I was probably particularly jerky that night. I don't know for sure what I said, but I was, I, I, apparently I hacked him off really good that night. And I think that he was about ready to throw his hands up and just say, this is a lost cause, I'm not coming back. Uh, over here, but what he said to me was he says, you know, Randy, this is not a question of whether you understand this stuff or not. You understand it. It's a question of whether or not you're going to choose to believe it. Are you going to make a decision? And for me, at that moment, it felt like all of existence came down to a decision I was going to make right then and there. Was I going to make a conscious decision to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that what he had been talking to me about and teaching me about was true? And I don't know for sure what would have happened if I had made a different choice 31 years ago, but it certainly seemed to me at that moment in time that it was the only moment in time for me and that I had to make a choice. And we ended up getting up out of Penland and we walked across campus here and we went to Tidwell right next door. And Miller Chapel is at Tidwell Bible Building and there's a little prayer room right next to it. And we went in there that evening and knelt down and Guy offered to lead me in a prayer of salvation. 
And I said, I don't think I need that. I think I know what to say. I think I know how to, to, to express myself. And I did. And I confessed and agreed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, is the Son of God, came to earth, died for our sins, was raised again, and sits with God in heaven. I agreed to follow the way of Christ that night. And I made a choice for all time. I can tell you that that did not make my life perfect. It did not make all my doubts go away. It did not make the challenges that I have with whether things are logical or rational all be perfect. I continued to struggle with that, and I will continue to struggle with that probably all of my life. That's part of how I am made. What I want to say to you today is you may be having those doubts. You may be having that internal fight. It may be that your neighbor is having those doubts or that internal fight and that they need you to get in there and fight with them. And so my hope and my prayer for you is that whether you're having a fight or your neighbor's having a fight, that you'll get in there and stay in the fight. Thank you very much. Let's pause now and reflect on what we've heard. reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is the word of the Lord. Now stand and sing as our closing benediction. Go in peace. Have a great day.